Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 148 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on with you this week? Yeah, the midweek fixtures start now. Kind of caught, caught both of us off guard. Forgot about that. Got we He hit me up yesterday and was like, oh, shit, we got to do an episode today. Um which is good, uh, keeping these games fresher fresher in our minds now instead of uh, letting it brew for a couple of days, maybe having more more of a impulsive reaction to our takes here. But, yeah, I think it was a successful weekend. Um, watched the Arsenal game live where uh, at where you work. Yeah, we enjoyed that. It was a up-and-down battle there. But uh, in the end, Arsenal stayed top of the league. And uh, Chelsea just scraped by once again somehow. So um, it it worked out somehow. And I think the best thing um, in the pick'em I'll say is uh, everybody went positive this week. You and I went six and four, Dang. and Zach topped it off seven and three. So that puts us our overall. Um, you're still 16 and 24. Then we got Zach 19, 21, and I am 20 and 20. So I'm even right now. All right. Um, nothing too crazy. That's what happens when the big teams actually win. Yeah, I have some catch up to play for sure. I need to. I need to get some results that you guys don't get, and and just hope that maybe you guys fall asleep. I need West Ham to start. Like, I need them to start throwing wrenches into the. Uh, into the whole thing again, because that's like where you yeah. lost all of your points last year. Was the was West? Oh my god! And, yeah, them and Brighton and Brighton too. Yeah, um, I will say the teams that we still haven't gotten one right. I haven't gotten Aston Villa right yet. Zach hasn't gotten Brentford right yet, and then you still got Brentford, Brighton, Leeds, and United. Yeah, well, I I have things misread clearly with United. I can't figure it out but i'm hoping that as things sort of develop and we have a better grasp on what their teams are going to look like for the rest of the season with the the transfer window closing yeah uh, that i'll be able to sort of get a more cemented view of of what things are going to be like okay i suppose we will jump right into it with manchester united as we were just speaking about southampton nil man united one a finish from Bruno Fernandez in the 55th was the difference in this one. All three go to United here in a game that was more matched than I would have expected. Southampton lining up similarly to how they have in the past weeks, with the exception of Che Adams getting the start up top after two important goals last week. Uh, Rashford again up there for United with Alanga, Fernandez, and Sancho behind him. Erickson and McTominay playing the pivot in the midfield. And the Varane and Martinez combo at the back again. No more Harry Maguire. Haven't, didn't even see him get subbed on here, so it appears that he is on his way out. We should also mention that Casemiro made a quick appearance in this game. Not a ton of performance from him. Uh, came in pretty late. Wasn't a, wasn't a lot of, of space to make an impact. So uh, not not a unbelievable performance from United, to be honest with you. I think to scrape by with just one goal on the Southampton team is, is a disappointment. Um, but they haven't been awful this year, and, and United have been pretty awful if we think about standards. So when you look at the stats, it was, it was even. You know, 17 shots for Southampton, 11 for United. Five shots on target for Southampton, just one more for United with six. Then the uh, possession was split right down the middle. I think this is an ugly game, and I think realistically United should be, if you look at the two teams on paper, probably be winning this game at least 2-0, maybe even 3-0. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, with the consideration of their position, they're happy to just get a win here uh, after last week's win over Liverpool. And now they're on six points in eighth position, so any European spot. Yeah, I think this was more of a realistic result for United after the Liverpool one. Um, you already mentioned Southampton's a tough matchup, and listening back to last week's um, 
episode just we, we were back and forth a bit you were straight up with a draw you thought it was a trap game which it it, it was kind of was um, yeah united settled in they they lowered the blocks after like the 60th minute they made their changes putting um like you mentioned casimiro in for erickson so then him and mctominay and then late in the game they put fred in there so they had three um defensive minded guys to close it out so um Ten Hag wasn't going to risk anything um, for these three points, which they really needed, especially after the drop points early on in the year. So I will say for Southampton that Bella Kutchup, the center back back there with Salizu, he's really standing out. He's a big figure, just like Salizu has built. Um, And he also gets forward a lot. He had a lot of opportunities to get it. He had four shots this game, um, skied all of them. But he got himself in great positions on set pieces, which we've seen United have been lacking in that department. Um, we know Martinez isn't the tallest of of the bunch, but teams can really expose him there if uh, teammates don't cover that for him. So, um, And then De Gea is not the strongest coming out into those um, contested aerial duels. So that might be uh, a point where teams need to really go at them. But overall, I think United did just enough to get the job done. Uh, happy to see... Bruno get on the score sheet. Uh, it was a great work to goal for them. Delo has been really standing out over the past four games. He's really made that spot his own. Um, interested to see if they can get that Wambasaka departure completed before the window closes. Um, and then I'm not sure about Maguire. I would think he would stay. I don't think they would just let him go because um, the depth after him isn't that great. They already let go of Bailly. Um, Lindelof's been dealing with a bit of uh, injury issues, and I think they do. They still have Phil Jones. Uh yeah, I think he is still rostered. Believe it or not. Yeah, he's still on there with Twenzebe. So, um, if you let Maguire go, there's not a lot of depth there in case one guy gets hurt. And I think this week, especially with midweek fixtures, um, we're going to see a bunch of guys get rotated in all games. So, I think Maguire maybe get maybe getting a start in this next one. Um, against Leicester. So uh, overall, it was an interesting game. It started off the week well and uh, was fortunate enough to get the result right. And then we saw um, Ronaldo get his 10 minutes and uh, didn't do too much. He had an opportunity at the very end and under hit a ball to Bruno. So this just showed his uh, mental state, I guess, with the club. Yeah. I, I have no idea what to expect moving forward from Ronaldo, but... I, I do think at the end of the day, to take three points in a tough-ish matchup, I guess, is, is fine. I should temper my expectations for United a bit. Um, okay, we'll move on to Chelsea 2, Leicester City 1. Raheem Sterling right after halftime, lasting on to the end of one, scoring again in the 63rd, and then Harvey Barnes just got one back for Leicester in the 66th. We should say Connor Gallagher made a... What would you call it? I would call it an extremely poor tackle on the midfield. Got himself red carded in the 28th. And then Chelsea had to play a man down. That was a huge... That That's just such a mistake. I mean, he probably just lost his contract. I think it was the first card in the 22nd. Just Yeah, it was a double yellow, but they I were think both it's, I And the, the first one was unnecessary, yeah. I think. I think the second one in that situation on the counter, I think he needs to take that foul, but he shouldn't have gotten that first one. So in terms there, that second card he got would have been his first if he was smarter earlier in the game, but that just absolutely changed the plans. We already had Tuchel in the stands with his um, FA uh, sideline ban from the one match from Tottenham. Yeah. So he couldn't be involved with the team. Um, Gallagher, yeah, I, I... he just really hurt his stock in the club. Um, we're still looking to potentially bring somebody in in that position too. So um, I'll be interested with Koulibaly back now. Maybe we can push uh, Reese James back out to right wing back and then slide Loftus Cheek in the middle. We did see Kovacic come in and get some minutes, uh, which is nice to see. He can really fill that void while we wait on Angolo to slowly recover over the next couple of weeks. Um, and the, yeah, I mean, Havertz getting that goal, just getting that weight off his shoulders. Um, the place blew up after right at the uh, start of the second half. Really opened things up. And uh, funnily enough, like we looked better with 10 rather than a full 11. So 
uh, maybe that's credit towards us, or maybe that's um, a point towards Leicester just not having the the chemistry out there. It's Jamie Vardy looked uh, as many times as he could to get in behind. He had a pair of chances. He scuffed wide, and other than that, he wasn't involved really at all in the game. So, yeah, um, I think we were fortunate with the opponents we had um, under the situations of that red. Um, Tiago Silva really stood on him, stood on his head, um, showing his class and his knowledge and wearing to be on the f- where to be on the field, and when to get stuck into attack and when to uh, be patient. So I think overall it was a great performance. I think that'll boost the team's morale um, after going seventy odd minutes playing down a man and getting two goals while having those ten men. So. Um, I'm really happy for the team. I think going forward, we can we can build from this um, after this after the start we had, and uh, yeah, I think going in this week against Southampton is going to be another tricky one. But um, I think we're going to have open opportunities just like we did here. Yeah, um, I think I will say the more I watch Chelsea, the more I realize that Raheem Sterling is the complete engine. Uh, of the offense already. He's only been here yeah. for three weeks. Uh, while I think that's good, like it's good to see that he's come in and immediately started the work. I, I really can appreciate that. I think that's great. You you want to see that. Uh, it is it is problematic and uh, a symptom of what's going on in the transfer market. Chelsea really need another option up there because it, it can't just be Raz. Like they, they have to get either Havertz firing or... Um, Mount sort of performing better. Up, he's been up top. He's been the most disappointing for yeah, me. He's, probably. he's looked pretty pretty poor. So they have to figure something out. It's it's good to get a result here. I don't think Chelsea are in, are in dire straits, but um, they do like one hundred percent need to need to find another option up there because otherwise I, I would like get bad. Yeah, I would like to see Broya get uh, a start in this Southampton game tomorrow. Um, funnily enough, against the team he played for last year alone, but I think this would be a prime opportunity for him to show what he has. Connor Gallagher's been given the nod two week, two games in a row, and I think it's about time Broya gets his opportunity. Um, I will say, unfortunately, the news about Aubameyang, yeah, um, his house getting broken into by a group of four men with armed with, I think, guns and and a. Uh, whatchamacallit, um, iron bars or something. Something crazy. Uh, like crowbars or something ridiculous. So, unfortunate to hear for him. I hope all is well. And um, I don't know what that relation is with maybe the transfer, maybe some angry Barca fans, or um, it was just a coincidence. I don't know. I saw speculation. But um, hopefully that deal can get done soon because I, I think it's too late to figure out any other um, striker options. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into the next one. We had Brighton taking on Leeds. Didn't get the chance to watch all of this one. Work was busy. Um, or I was busy at work, rather, uh, during this one. It was one. Pretty, pretty stale. It was pretty stale, yeah. Yeah. Just just not a, not a great game in terms of scoring. Just the one goal from Pascal Gross in the 66th minute. Uh, looking at the stats here, it looks like Brighton were a little bit more toothy on the attack. Uh, did you manage to watch this one? It, it was it was really tough because of um, this one being pushed onto the national t- television. Oh yeah, and the other cha- the other game being being pushed onto Peacock. So it was like I had the we had goal rush on the main TV, which was the Liverpool game, and then I had Chelsea game on my phone, and then. In the other room, we had the this game on, which I jumped in every now and then because I wanted to see how my fantasy guys were doing. Um, in Welbeck and Trissard, they switched their formation to like a four-four-two kind of deal. Lalana picked up an injury over the past couple of days, so Trissard played a more central role, shadow shadow striker to Danny Welbeck instead of uh, where he usually plays uh, at left wing back for the first three matches. So. He was a major impact. He really linked up a lot of the play. Um, got the assist on the goal to Pascal Gross, who is putting up Frank Lampard numbers from center mid yeah, at this point. Um, just a well-oiled machine back there for them. Adam Webster, the center back, had at least three chances um, to get a 
to get his name on the score sheet, but headed him all wide. He's a real force going forward. And then, uh, yeah, Robert Sanchez made a couple saves and really kept them in the game. Uh, Leeds were very, very bothered the whole time. It seemed like a lot of the calls weren't going their way. You could see the frustration on players' faces. Uh, Jesse Marsh was very upset. Uh, the ball rolled to him. He spiked it on the ground, low Gronk spike, and got a yellow card for it. So, um, as well as Aronson, Roca, and Struk all getting cards as well. So, it wasn't their best game, the, their first defeat on the year. Um, but I think overall they played well. They held the possession, which um, not a lot of teams do against Brighton, which they should be happy about. But, yeah, they just lacked that final ball um, into the box to really put a chance away. And Aronson couldn't really find any space to operate in. He was, he was very, very uh, focused and shut down immediately. And that really broke up a lot of the play for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to watch this game back, but it was a conventional Brighton result that I thought would be a draw. But there were chances there for Leeds. Uh, okay, let's jump on to the next one. This is something I did uh, manage to, I don't know, have a have a stronger grasp on in terms of what happened in the game. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Manchester City. Palace or City, of course, taking this one four to two. John Scary. Stones own goal early on. I know we talked last week about you know City essentially defending with with two people. It's a problem, dude. I. I I know, like right now, that it's it's not going to be an issue, and they're going to be able to get back into games and get results. But I don't know, dude. I I just I cannot see that being how they play for the rest of the the rest of the season. I would say to be on this game, Palace only registered two shots. Yes, they did. Two, the, two shots. The one was the one was Anderson's header on a corner, and then the other, the first goal was also on a set piece. So. Set pieces are really a problem. And then after those goals, it was just all city. They were just prodding and poking, trying to find the gaps. We saw Palace without Wilfred Zaha. So that was a major asset loss for them. But Eze, once again, stood on his own. Really shows his class uh, against any type of competition. Um, And then everybody else played their roles as well. But it was just, just Erling Holland is too much. He's a fucking demon. Um, we should say after the Anderson goal, it was all city, like Matt said. Bernardo Silva scored in the 53rd, and then Erling Holland registered a 19 minute hat trick, hat trick, scored in the 62nd, the 70th, and the 81st. He is unreal. He looks and like he could get five hat tricks this year your, in the league. Your dad said to me, or I guess he made a bet with your brother, and he said, over or under 50 goals for Holland. If there is a player that can score 50 goals in the Prem, I think it is probably him. He, I would think I would think realistically in all competitions. He can score think, 50 in all comps. Yeah, I think I don't know when the last I think those that's like Lewandowski, Benzema type things. Yep. I know Benzema's done it once. I don't I'm sure Lewandowski's done it as well. And then um, we know Messi and Ronaldo went on those the, those runs in like 6 7 year spans. Yeah. Holland is a different sort of player because his ability on crosses is obviously extremely high, but his first touch is so controlled for somebody with such long and powerful legs. You would expect him to have like bricks for feet, and he he really doesn't. He controls the ball so well, and his choices when he receives it are essentially never wrong. He receives the ball like KDB receives the ball and can finish one touch if he wants from really anywhere or can take it in and use his body and turn, dump it off, or then finish for himself. And he is just unbelievable. I'm so glad that City got him because he's such a joy to watch. He is such a powerful footballer, and it's, it's been unreal just over four weeks to watch him play. Yeah, and he, he only touched the ball maybe a total of like 10 to 12 times. Crazy. Uh, he only made six passes, had, what is that, no dribbles. I mean, he had the, the one chance, um, I think it was the third goal, he was holding Anderson, or no, Joe Ward, Ward he stiff-armed 
And then Anderson tried to keep up, and he just breezed past him, and then he just slotted it past Guaita, who couldn't do anything but stay rooted to the spot. I mean, he is a guy that defenders will have nightmares Nightmares. about. It's it's unbelievable. He's got six goals in the first four games. He's the heavy odds-on favorite to be the Golden Boot winner, and you can easily link that that uh, accolade with uh, winning the title as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to put up Aguero type numbers, and I think maybe similar to Aguero, he does have a bit of injury issues every now and then. Um, not as serious as Aguero's, but I think every now and then he'll probably be given a rest. Um, I'll be interested to see if he gets that rest maybe this week or this in the midweek here um, against Nottingham Forest, but uh, you never know. He might be very hungry to try to play as many games as possible to break uh, as many records. Yeah. Um, Okay, we'll jump on to I mean, this one's a snore, to be honest with you. It was was not fun to watch because it was just an absolute just destruction. Uh, Liverpool 9, Bournemouth nil. First time Liverpool have scored 9 goals uh, in a match in club history. They were just one goal away from setting the record. There was a 9-0 that was Southampton and United, I believe, last year? Yeah, two years ago. I think it was last year. And then they also said United beat Ipswich Town nine nil in the past as well. So nine is the Nine's nine the is the current goal. record. Right. So nineteen shots, twelve on target, seventy percent possession for Liverpool. Five shots, surprising for Bournemouth. Two shots on target, and they managed to to have thirty percent of the ball. Which for a nine nil scoreline, you would actually expect it to be lower. Uh, Palace actually registered less possession in their game against City than Bournemouth did here against Liverpool. And, of course, we know those scorelines were quite different. So uh, I'll list off the scores for you. There's there's many. Luis Diaz, one in the third. Harvey Elliott in the sixth. TAA in the 28th. Still on fraud watch. I didn't forget. Firmino in the 31st. Uh, Van Dyke in the 45th. An own goal from Chris Mepham in the 46th. Carvalho in the 80th. And then Luis Diaz again in the 85th. And Firmino again in the 62nd. The jump out thing for me here was how good Firmino was um if you are a Roberto Firmino fantasy owner you won for sure uh no question about it but he registered five contributions in this game three assists and two goals he was on it he looked really really good uh another storyline Salah didn't look great he missed a couple yeah. of sitters. He doesn't look good. I think maybe he's absorbed uh, Mane's addiction to missing sitters since since Mane's gone. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's Salah's role now. But he, I still think they're coping without him. I don't they think are. they've fully transitioned from him be leaving the team. No, he added such a, a different level of, of dynamic to that attack, and now they're missing him. And Jota's not back yet, so I think when Jota comes back, it'll be it'll be easier for them. Um, but it looked pretty easy here. I mean, nine nil—that's it's a pretty <laughs> convincing scoreline, wouldn't you say? Where do you go from here if you're a Bournemouth Scotty perspective? P? I don't know, but he two goals for sixteen against your. I, I don't like the way that he was acting on the sideline. When at the end Very of the, passive, at the, end of the game, emotion. no emotion. He sort of just put his head in his arms and just said, "Like, wow, we're not good enough. We can't cope." That's that's really not the way that you you can't be that way as a as a manager of a team in this league. You just can't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's three straight defeats now. Um, an aggregate scoreline of zero to sixteen. Granite. Those three opponents were Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. Yeah, of course. Um, the toughest run you could possibly go uh, into there. Um, in between there, they did get a, a win in the League Cup and penalties against Norwich. But I think now they really need to to really to get yeah, back to the basics. Yeah. They, they get Wolves. Then they play Nottingham Forest in a must-win game next Saturday, or um, this upcoming Saturday, I should say. 
and then uh, a match against Brighton. So um, definitely now's the time they need to start racking up points before they get into one of those stretches of games again where it's looking very bleak. So um, funnily enough, they're still out of the, the drop zone there, right I above Everton. I just looked at that, and you know they're they're one spot below West Ham, and they're only a couple points back from Palace. They're a point back from Palace. It's, it's too. I think it's too early. It's so early to say. Make those compare. I think. I think in like when we get around that twelve game mat mark, um, te- every team's going to be playing uh, all the qualities in the league from top to bottom tiered. Yeah, but, and you, but you can better be better scope on them. But here's the thing: West Ham have played much worse competition than Bournemouth have. You know what I mean? I know the sa- oh, I know the sample size is is small, but we have to consider the fact that Bournemouth aren't going to be playing the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's, and the Cities every week. You know they are, they are going to get some. They're not going to be cupcakes for Bournemouth. They're they're still going to be games that they have to fight for. But um, I don't know. It is it's too early for us to to really make uh, any sort of condemnation on on what's going on there but they they do have to be better and there has to be more of a fight because nine nil regardless of who you're playing is just it, it's not good it's not good enough and you have to be better uh if you're in the top flight you cannot concede nine goals i i don't care who you have playing it's just there's not enough fight there uh okay brentford one everton one this game was a fight. Anthony Gordon scored in the 24th, and then Vitaly Yanelt scored the equalizer in the 84th. Two teams have to share the points in this one. A more even affair here. Brentford, definitely the better team overall, uh, if you consider their sort of, I don't know, current state. They're a little bit uh, less fluxy than Everton are. We have no idea what's going to happen with Everton. It appears that their only goal scorer will probably be headed out within the next week or so. Um, but 20 shots for the Bees, 14 for the Toffees, five shots on target for Brentford, just seven for Everton. And then 58% of the possession went to Brentford, the other 42 going to Everton, obviously. Uh, good good performance, do you think, from Everton? Is this something to to take and say, okay, we beat Brentford, they can be tough, let's move forward? Or do you think they would have wanted to hold on to this one? I just think they can't carry out the, the game plan a full 90 minutes. They, 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 they did their business the first 15 minutes. They got that early goal with Gordon, a uh, long ball over the top from, Tarkos, or from Connor Cody. Um, did very well to put the ball away. Um, won money on that, fortunately. I think that was... Anthony Gordon's like their main driving force. He had five of their 14 shots in this match. Really just a big force for them if they lose him. Um, it's relegation battle time, but I, I think I'm leaning towards the side of he'll probably stay um, rather than leave. The only place he would go is Chelsea, but I think we need to finalize business elsewhere. So... I think after this goal they scored, it was just they they hunkered down and just started getting pelted and pelted and pelted. And Brentford could have easily have scored three in this game. There were mistakes. I think there was a mistake from um, Nathan Peterson. Or not Nathan. I'm thinking of, is it Nathan? Yeah, Nate yeah. Patterson. Yep. Um, I'm thinking of like Nathan Peterman. Nathan from, Peterman, uh, is a, he was a Bills backup. He threw five picks in one half. Yeah, I just remember him from uh, Hard Knocks with the Raiders yeah. a couple years ago with Gruden. So that's why it sticks in my mind. But yeah, he he made a mistake early, or I should say the in the late in the first half. Um, it led to Tooney a header in it off the post, and then Visa on the follow up skied it. So that's going to be Brentford's problem is really capitalizing on mistakes when given to them. Everton really lucked out for most of the game, and then ultimately they got. They just got what was due. They they gave up that late goal once again. That's the story of their season so far. Um, late mistakes leading to two drop points, which could be very monumental come the end of the year when we look back on where they could have made up points. But until until they get that striker back in DCL, it's going to be struggle town week in and week out. I don't see them scoring more than one goal um in every game really i don't i just don't know where the goals are coming from yep i don't know either it's it's a question that nobody can answer 
<clears throat> All right. Arsenal 2, Fulham 1. Despite a blunder by Gabriel Mago Hayes in the 56th minute and then the timely finish for Mitrovic in that same minute, Arsenal rally to defeat Fulham uh, at the Emirates Stadium. A goal from Martin Odegaard in the 64th and another from Gabriel in the 86th, covering that mistake that he made earlier on, just half an hour earlier. Uh, they won. They they took all three points. I personally felt that this was always going to be a game that, that Arsenal managed to come back into. Uh, I They had to be patient. They had to wait. I know after that goal, I felt even more confident than Arsenal, that Arsenal would walk away with three points. And this is something new for me because last season or the season before, I, I don't think I would have felt that way. We faltered often against clubs of lesser status and certainly teams that had less quality on the pitch. When Mitrovic scored in the 56th, I knew that Arsenal would be at least able to get a point, and I was confident that they would be able to get three points, and that's exactly what they did here. They made great substitutions. I thought when Tomiyasu came on late, he was fantastic. He's chomping at the bit. He's ready to get back into the team. There was a couple of underperformances here, I think. I don't think Jesus looked great here, a bit sloppy. Uh, and then Martinelli didn't look great either. There were a couple of chances that were squandered uh, from both of those guys. But Saka looked good. He was he was more involved here. I know I said last week he sort of seemed surplus to requirements with the way that Arsenal were playing. But he was much more involved here, and they looked much better. So um, cheers to Elneny sort of... Uh, sliding in there and, and Tierney getting the start because Zinchenko picked up a knock. We definitely miss Zinchenko in this game. That was one that I took over yeah. or that I took from this because he just has so much technical quality in, in two positions, whereas you're only getting um, the technical quality in, in left back from Tierney, although he is extremely solid. So I'm excited to see if, if Tomiyasu can work his way back into the team and start at right back because I think he is better than Ben White, but but White's been good as well. So... Um, I was really happy with this performance, and I think Fulham fought hard. They just they were outclassed at the end of the day. The Arsenal are just are too good on the attack, and and they were um, exposed. I will say Anthony Robinson looked fantastic in this game. I thought he was great. He dispossessed uh, Saka multiple times, and he really uh, held his own here. Yeah, Saka got a lot more uh, opportunities dribbling in the to the central area of the pitch, like whereas Bournemouth last week we saw. Him picked the ball up a lot on the wing and didn't really drive inside that much. So that was a big difference this week. Early in the game, he he put an effect there. Um, but yeah, I think with Tommy Asu coming back, that's huge. Um, ben White is versatile. He can play centrally and also on the flank there at right back. So that's, that's what um, squad depth can do for a team. Uh, also with the versatility, as well as you mentioned, Zinchenko playing multiple spots when needed. So... Yeah, I was I was confident from the jump that Arsenal would get the dub. Um, didn't see Mitrovic's goal coming in the style it did. He would you think it would be from a corner, or yeah. a cross, but picking pockets from that press and finishing the job off well really put Arsenal in a in panic. You could tell the stadium um, was caught off guard, but the boys really put their heads down. Um, stuck it out, kept pushing and pushing, got the result. You mentioned the subs made a difference. I thought Nketiah made a big impact on the game yeah. as well. Um, he's been hungry, trying to prove um, why they gave him that big contract. So overall, that was a that was like a champions type of performance there coming back. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's move on to what did we have next? Oh, Wolves won at Newcastle won. First game of Sunday's slate. Great goal from Ruben Neves in the 38th. Even better goal from St. Max in the 90th. Unbelievable. Um, that was incredible. Newcastle, I think, were unlucky to not take all three in this game, but Wolves carried on their reputation of being extremely tough to break down. I will say this is what happens when you don't have Callum Robinson up top injured Wilson Wilson. I know there's two of them and I always mispronounce um, mm -hmm. Callum Wilson 
he is injured again, and they had to start Chris Wood. This was a disaster. Uh, Chris Wood stinks. Joe Willick missed a sitter. And, I mean, this should have been three points. It really should have been. Because Wolves weren't weren't all that toothy after the the first goal from from Neves, and I think Newcastle controlled a majority of the game. Statistically, I mean that that sort of uh, tells the story. Twenty one shots for Newcastle, ten for Wolves, six shots on target for Newcastle, four uh, on the other side, and then Newcastle held sixty four percent of the ball. So, St. Max is a star. That's sort of what we have been saying for a while. Um, maybe not as hot of a start as we would have expected, but he is so so good. He reminds me of Wolf Zaha in in that left mid or left wing role. Uh, I think he can one hundred percent be better than than Zaha is. Um, but this was uh this was unfortunate for for Newcastle despite the fucking screamer. Yeah, I mean that that saved the day for them really. Um, everything else seemed like it didn't work. Uh, I thought. Sub Elliot Anderson off the bench, the academy boy for Newcastle, uh, made a huge impact, earned them that last minute free kick top of the box, which uh, Fabian Cher scuffed wide. Um, I don't, I don't know the choice there. I think Trippier maybe should have taken it, but they discussed it, and that's what the they came to. But yeah, the Callum Wilson massive loss. They did just sign uh, Alexander Isak from Real Sociedad. Big, prolific score there. Um, last year, not too much. I think he scored six league goals in 32 games. Um, but I think he's a guy that can fill that void for a few seasons until they maybe build somebody up or um, find somebody in the market that will fit what uh, Eddie Howe wants or maybe the future manager. So I'm really excited to see how he's in, integrated into this squad, um, especially with Wilson being out um, for two to three weeks every now and then. Um, your boy, Matt, your boy, Sean Longstaff getting the start. Welcome. With, uh, Gamara's out. Um, interesting there. I mean, we know John Selby's out as well, so they were a bit thin in that position. Dan Byrne at left back doesn't work for me. No. He has to play in one of the central roles. He just, it's just, it's not the right build. Uh, six, seven left back. Um, they are working Matty Target back into full fitness. He's, getting more and more game time every game and i'm sure he'll be the, the starter once he's fully fit over dan burn so um until that comes we'll keep seeing them split minutes uh st max did pull up with a bit of a hamstring issue uh very late in the game in the added time but um came to his team's rescue i think they said that was his first goal since january in the prem yeah so that's one thing he needs to I think that's just the one area of his game that is incomplete. It's just the the, the finished product. Yeah. Um finishing the ball. That is where I think he can go from getting five goals a season to ten to fifteen and he would be a top elite talent in this in the league. Yeah. I agree. Um okay, let's jump into Aston Villa nil West Ham one. Despite probably the best corner kick i've ever seen taken in in history uh villa fall by just one goal pablo fornells in the 74th he he hit an absolute screamer it was a deflection but uh if you just pretended that it came off of his his boot it was it was right on par with with saint max um did you see the corner or no because it was pretty early on yes i saw the highlights um that was something that I've never seen before and probably will never see again. It was so filthy. The It was like a dead ball, but it had a little bit of draw, but it pushed it out past the, the line first, so it was out of bounds. It was so perfectly placed. I think that bamboozled everybody. Yeah, that was a ball that is um, you cannot defend. Um, you there's can't nothing you can do about it either. Yeah, uh, if, if you want to be very critique, maybe the, the goalkeeper comes to the near post for that first flick on um, from the, whoever was on the front post, I forget. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I think Villa had their chances there. The system doesn't seem to be working. I think Leon Bailey in there is more of a natural winger. Um, Stevie G's trying to go with this two up front and attack in mid and behind. Doesn't really suit him. 
Um, Buendia and Coutinho are too similar, too similar players. You can't play them together, it seems like. And then Ollie Watkins really plays as a left winger at times. He gets the ball in in those outside positions a lot, and then Danny Ings his slots in that central role, which he he ideally should be in. But um, I feel like they're just missing that midfield quality going forward a bit. Um, we know their fullbacks are capable of getting up and down the pitch, providing qu- crosses into the box. I was shocked that Mings once again was left out of the team the first couple games from for um, Kanza, but now Callum Chambers. I mean, oh my boy. Uh, I don't know. He he. First he lost his captaincy. Now he's losing his starring role to Callum Chambers. I mean, what is what is going on? I don't know. Uh, I don't ever need to see Callum Chambers starting, playing ever again. Really, I mean, the guy stinks. We saw Emerson get his debut for West Ham after leaving Chelsea. Uh, he was playing more of a left winger. He kind of floated around the field a bit on that left side, covering for Cresswell and also getting forward. Um, interested to see. I mean, I we I haven't seen him play a lot. Um, he always gets time in the preseasons and then gets loaned out. Um, last couple of years, he's been loaned out to France, so now he's getting first first minutes regularly in the Prem. Interesting there. Um, but yeah, West Ham finally broke the curse. They scored their goal, which I said they would. I thought it was going to end in a draw from the coin flip, so the coin flip is 0-1 for the year. But um, yeah, it's um, I think Stevie G's top three managers on the hot seat at this point. Yeah, my I he's got to be the number one in the hot seat. Um, him and him and Frank up there. Yeah, and I think Frank's doing a better job, honestly. Um, yeah, with the lack of with not a real striker, whereas yeah, we know Gerard has two. You would you would say, and really no support from from his front Coutinho's, office. Yeah, 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 that too. Uh oh, Bowen missed a sitter too. He's been off the pace. I don't know what to expect from him, but a one season wonder. Maybe it's possible. I need I need my boy Mikel to 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 jump back up, but I I think he's he finally lost his spot. I think he's finito. I think he's done. So and then I think today they just um, crossed the line on that uh, Luis Lucas Paqueta yeah. attacking mid. So good signing. Yeah, I mean they're adding that quality. We're seeing. Over the past two to three seasons, now we're seeing clubs that we're seeing clubs sign players that are top tier, like Champions League quality. That you wouldn't think they would go to these clubs, but the amount of money these teams are offering the players and the clubs, it's it's hard not to accept it. That just shows the power of the TV money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's jump into the last game of the week: Nottingham Forest nil, Tottenham two. Two goals from Harry Kane were the separators here. One in the fifth, an early, early goal, then one in the 81st. I figured Tottenham would win this game. I figured they would cover the spread, which was one. Um, but Nottingham Forest sort of stayed in the game. They they tested Tottenham for sure defensively. 17 shots for, for Nottingham as well. Just one of those was on target. But they did work the ball forward, and they did attempt to uh, get the ball in there. A couple of them just blasted over the bar past Larice. But Nottingham Forest actually controlled the game in terms of possession. They passed the ball extremely well, accurately, I think. Um, and they frustrated Spurs. If you look at the foul counter, Tottenham were above. And <clears throat> I know when, when Richarlison came on, yeah, the tide sort of shifted because uh, Nottingham Forest got extremely frustrated with the way that he plays. He is one of the biggest trolls, I think, of all time that I've ever seen play uh, in this division, and I personally love it. I, I have a soft spot for, for Richarlison. Um, he managed, the chicken man. The chicken man, yeah. He managed to get an assist in this game as well, we should say. The, the assist it's a great ball. came from, from Richarlison. Uh, that goal that Kane scored at the end was, was from him. Uh, he looked great, and I, I do expect him to sort of get some more uh, regular run in this team. I just don't know when that's going to happen. Hopefully, Is he going to start over Sun? It's possible. I, I was that was my next point. Was Sun looks off the pace. Um, he's just one not, assist, no goals, and four. He's not scoring, 
and he had a couple chances here. It's not like he looks terrible. He's getting the ball in and around the net, and he's just not able to get them to fall. Goals that last season would have gone in are just not going in this season. He curled one over the right side of the bar. He blew another right into Henderson. And I have to say again, I, I, I love the baseball cap. I yep. I adore it. I think it's it's going to become uh, one of those things, like Check had his headgear. I think Henderson is now baseball hat guy. Um, yeah, yep. A couple more weeks until we get into the colder weather. Yeah, and then he's going to wear a beanie. <laughs> no, that'd be, I, don't, I don't think that's ever been done before. Uh, I'd, I'd love the beanie. I really would. So this I, was... I think he, I would say he's a couple of performances like this away from cementing himself into the England team. Yeah, he looks great. He really does look good. So this was a good result for Nottingham Forest, uh, or good performance despite the result, rather. Um, and I, I don't know what to expect moving forward. That Gibbs White guy wasn't really here this game. He's been good so far. And then Lingard can cannot be playing striker for you. That's just, it's not going to work well. So, um, Well, I think Nottingham Forest have gotten three more players into the club. Yeah. Um, Willie Bali from Wolves, center back. Serge Aurier, they're getting on a free from from, league, from uh, La Liga at the right wing back. And then also on the other side, they bring in Rene Lodi on loan from Atletico Madrid, Brazilian left back. So I think that totals to 20 to 21 new signings. Um, I have no idea how long it's going to take Steve Cooper to figure out who his best 11 are. Um, that is just something that I don't know what like they need to get a win sooner or later but he's gonna have to keep like rotating this team until he figures out the code it's like he's created a a a rubik's cube that it's gonna take a while to solve yeah i agree um okay i guess that's our our recap of this week's games we'll move on to our predictions these of course start tomorrow these games there's one two three four games tomorrow four games wednesday five games wednesday and then a game thursday crystal palace versus brentford opening us up i'm gonna take my eagles my second team yeah i'm gonna take palace as well and um so is zach i just the past couple weeks just they've really stuck games out they they look like a great unit um after every goal they score they get they group up and really dial it in um i think vieira's got the right system going brentford have looked shaky uh against competition they should be beating uh easily uh, last week against everton and the previous week against fulham giving up three to fulham um not too good and i feel like this regimented palace team is really going to get the job done Yep, I agree. We have Fulham versus Brighton up next, taking a flyer. I'm with Fulham here. They got hard done last week against Arsenal. I think they get a result here against an extremely structured Brighton team. Uh, Zach's going to go with Brighton here. He thinks they're going to keep up their run. We saw this last year from Brighton where they had an extremely good start after the first, I would say, six to eight games. They maybe have one defeat. They're putting up similar stats now. I'm going to go with Brighton as well, but I definitely can see Fulham make a game of this. It's I think they're going to have the same struggles and frustrations that Leeds just have uh, have had. Um, Fulham and Leeds play similar styles with that um, aggressive press that lasts a lot of the game. But I think Brighton showed they can cope well with it, and I think they'll get the job done here. And I'm hoping for Welbeck to get off on the mark. Yep. I'm hoping he scores soon. Yeah, he's got a pair of assists, I think. He drew a penalty in the one game, so he's very active. Yeah. Southampton versus Chelsea tomorrow as well. I'm going to take Chelsea. I think Broya actually gets the play here, and I think he scores. I'm hoping so, too. I'm taking Chelsea. So, Zach, um, Chelsea have won six of their last seven away matches to Southampton, um, as well as Chelsea have scored at least two goals in six of their last seven away matches against Southampton. I believe last year they went to the South Coast here and and beat them 7-0. That was back in April. Um, That was utter domination. I mean, Timo Werner had a brace, um, which was crazy in itself. But yeah, I think I think we should get a dub here, especially on a short week where Southampton don't have as much depth as we do. Yeah. Um. All right. 
Where are we now? Leeds, Everton. Oh, good God. Leeds. I'm fucked the draw. I'm going with Leeds. Yeah, uh, Zach's going with a draw here. Um, Everton just have enough to keep themselves in these games. They're structured enough to just hold out until the very end. Their problem is just finding that finding that X factor or that it. I don't know what what to call it, but just getting that edge in these games. Um, I think Leeds are going to have a lot of freedom in the middle of the park. They're really going to overrun the Everton 2 and Awobi and Onana with um, their three and Adams, Roca and Aronson. We maybe see a new face in there too with the rotation. But um, I, think as w- I think as well as Zach, I'm going to go with a draw. I think Everton's just going to go through this rut for a little while. Uh, okay, Bournemouth versus Wolves. Draw. Yeah, any reason? Draw, yes. Um, both of these teams struggle to play offense. I think Bournemouth struggled a little bit more. Um, and I don't think Wolves are good enough on offense to break Bournemouth down to the point of destruction. So I think if both teams are able to just score one goal, then this one ends in a draw. I, I really have not seen enough from Wolves to... Uh, say that they're capable of beating this Bournemouth team straight up. I, I don't believe it yet. Yeah, Zach agrees with you, actually. He's going to go with a draw as well. Um, I do think um, Wolves are struggling more a bit uh, mentally, even though Bournemouth just got shellacked. But Wolves have failed to win their last 11 Prem matches. Um and as well as they've been drawing at halftime and losing at full time in five of their last six away matches. I think Bournemouth couldn't ask for a better bounce back game, um, especially at home. This is going to be a really gritty game. Hopefully, Solanke is back for them. They've really been missing him uh, playing alongside Kiefer Moore, who's really had to stand on his own. So, um, it is saying he 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 may be available, maybe not as a starter, but coming off the bench. Um, I'm willing to take a chance here. I'm going to go with Bournemouth to win and really just stick one up, Bruno Lodge, because I'm not feeling him. So I'm going to go with the Cherries for the midweek uh, upset. Let's go. Okay, so we're all fading Wolves, essentially. Exactly. Okay, Manchester City versus Nottingham Forest. I don't think we need to talk much about this. Uh, Forest have a 3% win percentage, in case you were wondering. That's the probability. Uh, should be at least 5. I, I agree, but I'm going to go with City. Despite, I mean, I think Forest have some grit, but I just think City are too good. We saw what they did in, in essentially one half last week against Palace. Um, I think Forest can make a game of this. I think with the, the, the energy they have, unfortunately, they're not at home. Um, but... Funnily enough, the last time these guys played in the Prem, um, Nottingham Forest beat them 3-0, and then in the follow-up match, they drew 1-1. So uh, Forest right now have the bragging rights, but Erling Holland is all I have to say. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, okay. Arsenal versus Villa. Ooh, this is a. This couldn't be more of a trap game. Hell you were no. talking about this last is the week. Pump. This is the pump. No, this is a game I'm questionable about. No. Um, Zach's going with Arsenal. Um, you guys handled business last year against them 3-1 and then 1-0 in the most recent result. Um, looking at some some statistics or, or betting lines, whatever you want to call them. Um, Arsenal have won nine of the last 11 Prem matches as well as... They've had over two and a half goals in, have scored over two and a half goals in nine of their last 11, um, as well as Everton or Arsenal have seen over two and a half goals in their last 12 home matches against Aston Villa. I don't know. I just feel a little iffy about this one. I feel like Arsenal can get off to an early lead just like Fulham did, and we may have to see some late heroics from Arsenal again, Um, especially on a short, short week's notice. There's a lot on the line here to keep up that perfection. I think game after game, it's going to weigh on them with Man City nipping at them. So I'm still going to go with Arsenal after everything I just said, but I just have a, a bit a shaky uh, feeling about this match. 
I, I've never been more confident in my team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if Arsenal... Never mind. I'm going to get my tattoo soon. My my Arsenal tattoo. No. Yeah, I am. I am going to get one. I, I you, got a, you got a place picked out? Yeah, I do. I think I'm going to go for the leg. My, around, my, around my calf. Power okay. Powers the legs. I think I just... I have to. I, I, I love it. I, I need it. Um... If they lose to Villa, I'm, I'll get it on my ass. Oh no! Don't make that. Don't don't say that. <laughs> All right. I'm telling you, there's something about it here. Right. I think Bailey's gonna get a start too. That's he's he. I got him on fantasy. I just gotta. I feel like he's gonna be gunning tyranny here with Zinchenko probably still out. I might get one on my ass anyway. All right, West Ham versus Tottenham. Love Tottenham here. Love them. Just don't think West Ham have enough gas in the tank to get it done right now. Uh, we need to see Skamaka sort of break through. I know last week, uh, did he start the week before or no? No, I don't. This think was his first start. This was his first league start. He looked great uh, midweek against Viborg in the Conference League. I watched the entirety of that game. That should explain to you how bored I am during the week. Um, but yeah, he looked good. Uh, not not good enough last week. Uh, I don't think he's fully injected into that side yet. So I'm going to take Tottenham. Maybe we see Son. I bet on him every week to score, and he hasn't done it. So maybe it'll be this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Tottenham straight up. Yeah, Zach's going with Spurs as well. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is a Spursy game. Um, I think the midfield's going to be a massive battle here. I think. I don't think Paquette's going to be ready or um registered by then but i think this could be a cornet kind of game with the rotation they're saying cresswell's going to be out as well so the back line's going to be a bit mixed we could see emerson slide there at left back but um yeah i i have i have questions about tottenham especially after nottingham forest performed uh the way nottingham forest performed yesterday against them uh, I think West Ham can really open things up more on them, especially on some set pieces. So, um, I, I'm, I, I want it. I want to go with a draw, but I, I'm going to go with Spurs anyway. I'm going to go with Spurs. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Um, and then we have what? One more game? Two more games? Two. Two. Liverpool versus Newcastle. Ah. <sighs> I want to take what? Newcastle so bad, but I don't know what injury status is for Gimaraes. That and that's a that's a big thing for me. Gimaraes is going to be um, unavailable. Um, he's going to miss as well as as Callum Wilson. Yeah, I got to. And go. then I think Saint Max as well may be rested in this game. For he won't he won't start. I don't think, but he may. Uh, he may be a little bit uh, tight on the hammy. I got. I got to go with Liverpool then. I don't think I can take Newcastle in, in good conscience here. I, I can't yeah, be blinded by my disdain for Liverpool. They're gonna start Chris Wood again, so they're gonna have massive striker issues. Yeah, he stinks. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Liverpool as well, and so is Zach. Okay. Um. And then we have one more game. Leicester United. United. This should be a cupcake. It should be an easy one for for United. It really should be an easy one. What do you think? I think James Madison was a massive loss for Leicester against Chelsea. I think if he played, that would have at least earned them a point. Um, he's looking to make a return again in this match. It's. I think this is a true test for United in a way. Because um, I think Leicester still are a quality team in the league with the talent they have, but um, they have a lot of issues um, internally. Fofana's leaving now. The window's still open. We could see somebody leave um, one of their big boys, but the club's definitely not going to allow it because I don't think they have anybody lined up to replace them to come in. So I think this is what we get with them. But so um, Wait, Fofana? Yeah, Wesley Fofana. You're saying he, you don't think it's going to get done? No, I think he will. Oh, I think uh, I'm. I'm saying he's already leaving. Oh, they yeah, don't yeah, have. Yeah. They haven't brought anybody in to replace him. So, yeah. I don't think they're going to let one one more of their big no, big players won't. leave either. It's it's they they haven't they they haven't brought in a single player this window to the 
to the first team, I believe. They haven't made... I'm just looking to double-check that. Yeah, they've made one signing um, as a backup goalie because they let Schmeichel go. So they haven't made any first-team signings, which is really holding them back. Um, I do think they can make a game of this like Southampton did. But um, I think Casemiro is going to get given a start here. And I think United could get another like 1-0 win. Yeah, I can see it too. Um, I'm going to go with United too. I just think Leicester are too banged up at this point. Uh, I said last week, Rogers on fraud watch. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's definitely there for me. They they got to figure something out here, and I don't think they have enough waiting in the wings to to replenish what they're going to lose. Uh, and I know they don't want to let Tillemans go, but I I don't think that's over. I really don't think that saga's over. So we'll have to see uh, yeah. how things pan out. But I think and I think Zach. If I didn't say it already, Zach's going with United again, and I think for the second week in a row, we're all taking the big teams to win again, which is probably highly unlikely somebody's going to fold. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it, guys. That That's it from us. Uh, I'm about to head out to dinner. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening to the recap and the preview. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'll make sure the episode is up before, uh, before tomorrow's games kick off so you can sort yeah, of use more- our reasoning. And then we're probably going to be back again Friday for the before the next weekend's games. Yeah, shit's going to get strange here. While uh, I mean, this is my I'm, I'm applying for full time jobs, so we're we're gonna have to sort of find a, a time to record. We you guys may be getting like half episodes for for a while while we figure this out, but um, don't don't worry, the content won't stop. Um, so until next week or or later on this week, we'll we'll see ya. Uh, like I said, check us out, social media, Post20Pod, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and uh, SoundCloud. If you want to listen to past episodes of the show, make sure you subscribe. All the future stuff will be uh, at those outlets as well. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you soon.